All Rise, the Ashley Murphy murder trial with Frank Graney, a News Talk original podcast. A woman in her 20s has died following an assault in County Offaly. The incident happened along the Canal Bank at Cappenker in Tullamore at around four o'clock this afternoon. Breaking news, the arrest made on suspicion of murder of Ashling Murphy, the school teacher. Joseph Puska of Linali Grove, Mukla County Offaly, appeared before a special sitting of Tullamore District Court last night. On the afternoon of the 12th of January last year, Ashley Murphy, a 23-year-old school teacher, was killed while exercising along the banks of the Grand Canal in Tullamore. Josef Puska, a 33-year-old Slovakian man, is on trial for her murder. He has pleaded not guilty. I'm Frank Graney, courts correspondent for News Talk. And I'm Ashling Moore, radio producer. I'll be in the Central Criminal Court for every minute of the Ashley Murphy murder trial. And every evening, we'll bring you a factual, accurate and balanced account of what the jury hears on any given day. And only what the jury hears. It's their job to decide on the facts of this case, and they'll do so based only on the evidence presented to them at trial. And I should say that if you happen to be one of the jurors on this trial, then you've already been warned not to follow any of the media coverage. And that includes this podcast. This is All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial. Welcome to episode 14, The New Story. So Josef Pushka was back in the witness box today, having taken the stand in his defence yesterday. He told the jury he tried to help Ashling Murphy after they were attacked by a man with a knife. He denied following women around Tullamore and while he accepted that he told lies to Gardaí, he insisted he was telling the truth about not harming Ms Murphy. He was also asked about what he did with his clothes afterwards and why he didn't call for help. So, Frank, lots to get through today with Mr. Pushka mm-hmm. spending several hours in the box. But yep. let's start with his version of what happened that afternoon. He denies harming Ashling Murphy and claims he was actually trying to help her. Yeah, that's right. And it's not the first time that we've heard that because you may remember uh, Mr. Pushka's barrister, Michael Bowman, suggesting to a prosecution witness, Jenna Stack, when she gave her evidence back on day two of the trial, that what she came across along the canal that afternoon was Mr. Pushka trying to find out what had happened to Ashling and trying to assist her. Um, that was what Mr. Bowman put uh, to Jenna Stack uh, under cross-examination. Those were his instructions from his clients, from his client. Yesterday, Mr. Pushka told the jurors that he left his home in Mucklet about half past 11 that morning. Uh, he told the jury that he cycled into town on his push bike. And today he said he did so because it was a very nice day um, weather-wise. And he said that he wanted to go out and exercise, said that he was hoping to go back to work uh, that year, having been unable to work for some time due to a back injury that he picked up working on building sites. So he was preparing himself for his return to work. And he accepted that the CCTV footage shown to the jury of a man cycling around Tullamore Town that afternoon was him. And I should say, I mean, this the evidence heard today just picked up where it finished off yesterday. Um, Mr. Pushka spent about a half an hour in the witness box yesterday. And Michael Bowman at this point was taking him through his direct evidence, asking him questions about what he got up to uh, that day and other related matters. And Mr. Pushka said that he cycled down the canal, uh, the Grand Canal in Tullamore, well past Digby Bridge, uh, before he said that he turned for home and that on his way back, he said that he was attacked by a man with a surgical mask. 
He said that he had no idea why this man attacked him. He said he didn't know him. He said that he was trying to defend himself when this man pulled a knife on him somewhere between the bridge and the N52 flyover. Mr. Bowman at this point then asked him for a bit more detail. And Mr. Pushka said uh, that he was on his bike. And when the man started shouting at him, he said that he didn't understand why he was shouting at him, didn't understand what he was saying, and that the man then pushed him, uh, kicked his bike. That caused him to fall to the ground. And he said that when he got back to his feet, he said the man pushed him to the floor again and sat on him while telling him something that he didn't understand in English. He said this man threatened to kill him before he stabbed him in the stomach. He said he stabbed him again and that he just kept shouting at him. And then he spoke about a woman arriving on the scene. He said he didn't know her and that she said something to the man with a knife. That's right. And when she did, he claimed the man started shouting at her. He said that he was then stabbed again um, before the man stood up and walked over to this woman while he stayed lying on the ground. And then somehow he said they disappeared into the bushes. He said he didn't notice where exactly they went because he was trying to get up off the ground. He said he heard some shouting. So he did stand up, went to see what was going on in those bushes. And he said that when he did, he saw the man attacking that woman. And he said that when he saw that, he started shouting at the man and that the man then stood up and moved towards him, uh, prompting him to step back. And at that point, he said the man ran off in the direction of the bridge. So he said he went over to the injured woman. He said that he went behind her so that he could keep an eye on the path in case the man came back. He said that he was scared. He said he started to sink into the bushes and he said that he then reached towards the woman because he said he couldn't get closer to her. Once I saw she was injured, I was trying to help her. That's what he told the jury uh, today. He claimed that he used her, uh, that he tried to use her scarf um, to cover her injuries. And when Mr. Bowman asked him about Ashling's injuries, he said that he could see two or three holes on her neck maybe on the right side of her neck, but he wasn't sure. He was asked if he had touched her or if she had touched him, to which he replied, she touched me by the hand. After a few moments, he said another woman appeared in front of him on the path and this, he now knows, was Jenna Stack. He told the jury she said something to him, but he didn't understand what she said and that he really wanted to stand up. He said he pulled his leg really hard and shouted, He denied shouting angrily at her and said she didn't tell him she was calling the guards because if she had, he would have understood her. Yes. And after shouting, um, he said that she ran off and he said that he noticed another woman on the path who also started running. And he accepted that that could have been Aoife Marin. Um, Aoife Marin, like Jenna Stack, uh, gave evidence to the jury uh, earlier in the trial. And Mr. Pushka said that he was scared. He said that he was in shock. He said he stayed with the injured woman, but then got really stressed. So he said that he left, jumped through some bushes towards the fields and onwards in the direction of Tullamore Town. And while in those fields, he said that he felt sick, really unwell. He said that he couldn't continue anymore. So he said he went into a small ditch where he said he lost consciousness. In relation to his attacker, Mr. Pushka described him as being about 1.8 metres in height and wearing a black cap, 
a dark navy jacket and dark trousers. He said he was wearing a face covering like the ones people wore during COVID. And he said he was worried that he'd come back for him. And he then explained what he did after he regained consciousness in the ditch. Yes, when he woke up, he assumed it was quite late because it was now dark. And while holding an aerial photograph of the canal and its surrounding terrain, uh, Mr. Pushka pointed to where that ditch was um, uh, for the benefit of the jury. Uh, He also pointed at the area that he started walking towards. And the judge, Mr. Justice Tony Hunt, interjected at this point, noting uh, that he was walking away from the lights um, along the canal and he wondered why. And Mr. Pushka said that he didn't know. He just said that he was scared and stressed. He said that he remembered coming to a bridge. Uh, He said that he climbed a very steep hill to get onto the N52 road. And from there, he said he walked towards Tullamore Town, where he called into his friend, Rastasklav Pokuta, who gave him a lift home. Mr. Pokuta has already given evidence uh, to the jury. Later that night, then, Mr. Pushka said his cousin uh, drove him and his parents to his parents' home in Dublin. And he said that his parents kept asking him what had happened, but that he didn't want to tell them. And when they got into their apartment in Crumlin in Dublin, he said he just lay down because he was tired. Mr. Pushka described being in severe pain the following morning and an ambulance was called for and he was taken to St. James's Hospital in Dublin 8. When his barrister asked him what happened in the hospital, he said he couldn't recall very well. Uh, Yes, and it was put to him that on his second day in hospital, he told Detective Sergeant Brian Jennings from the investigation team at Tullamore Garda Station that he had killed Ashleen. Mr. Pushka said that he heard that evidence um, during the trial. Um, He'd also heard the evidence of Sergeant Pamela Nudent, who was also in the hospital room uh, that evening when he is said to have made uh, that admission. And he said that he heard the evidence of the interpreter who was um, on loudspeaker translating the conversation for them. And he said that while he heard their evidence, he could not agree with it. Um, Mr. Bowman then finished by reminding Mr. Pushka uh, that he told Gardy following his arrest that he did not harm Ashling Murphy. And he asked him uh, to finish if that was the truth, to which Mr. Pushka replied, yes, this is the truth. And that concluded his direct evidence to the jury. Anne-Marie Lawler then took to her feet to question him on behalf of the prosecution. She did. And, and straight out of the blocks, she accused Josef Pushka of lying to Garthi on a number of occasions. As she said, they're hearing this story, the new story, as she put it, for the first time. And she told him he's had 20 months to come up with it, to which he agreed. Uh, she accused him of lying previously. Um, about what he was doing on the day of Ashley's murder. I cannot agree with this because I do not remember, was his reply. She asked him if he lied to Garthi and Tullamore Garda station. Uh, Mr. Pushka said he used his right to be silent. Uh, when he did speak, he accepted that he may have lied, uh, but he said that he didn't recall everything. He accepted that he lied to uh, the Garthi who came to his parents' house in Crumlin. This was before he was brought to St. James's Hospital, uh, but he wouldn't confirm whether he lied to Garthi in the hospital because he, he said again uh, that he couldn't remember. Uh, Ms. Lawler then probed him in relation to his memory of his time at St. James's Hospital. He said that he remembered telling Garthi on the day that he was admitted to the hospital, and this was the day after he's alleged to have murdered 
Ashley Murphy. He said he remembered telling the guards uh, that he had been stabbed in Blanchardstown. So that was a lie, he was asked by Ms Lawler. Yes, it was a lie, he said, and I would like to apologise for this. I had a reason for it. And when asked what his reason was, he said that he was worried about his family. And when asked to elaborate on that, he said that he was worried that if his family found out he'd been attacked in Tullamore, his brothers or someone from his family would maybe try to find whoever did it and could get in trouble. Mm. And he said he didn't want that. And that's why he said he was attacked in Blanchardstown. Yeah, that's what he said to the jury. And Ms Lawler then asked him if he agreed with her that he is a person who tells lies. Uh, In some parts, yes, uh, he said. She asked if he was now saying that he was a witness to murder. He said he was. And in response to that, you hid in a ditch for hours, she asked. Yes, he replied. Uh, Ms Lawler then put it to him that he fled to Dublin in the middle of the night and that he shaved his beard off while he was there to change his appearance. And Mr. Pushka said that he didn't flee. And while he accepted that he had shaved, he said that he didn't do it deliberately. Uh, Miss Lawler then suggested that his beard hadn't just fallen off overnight. And he then accepted that he had shaved it off, uh, but he denied her claim that it was to avoid detection, explaining that he had lots of scratches on his face and he wanted to see if there were Annie on his chin. Um, Ms. Lawler again wondered why he had confessed to murder if he had actually been a witness to murder. And he said that he couldn't agree with that confession uh, because he couldn't recall making it in the hospital. At this point, then, uh, Ms. Lawler said she was no longer going to beat around the bush. She accused him of concocting yet another set of lies for the jury. He said, I said what I remember of the day. Ms. Lawler said she wasn't going to play games and flat out accused him of lying, to which he replied, everybody has an opinion of this, but I said what I remember. Ms. Lawler then went through his account of the earlier part of the 12th of January last year before Ashling was murdered. He told her that he left his phone at home and he didn't have a watch on, so he couldn't assist her with timings. But having left his home at half past 11 that morning, he figured he was in town from about half past 12 until the evening time. He was then accused of following women around Tullamore that day. Yes, an accusation that he flatly denied uh, from the witness box today. He said, this is not the truth. I was cycling on the bike, but I didn't follow anybody. I had no reason to. He was asked if he cycled very slowly behind Anne-Marie Kelly. He said he did but insisted that's how he cycles his bike. Again, he was asked if he was in the habit of following women around Tullamore. And this was in relation to evidence already presented to the jury, CCTV footage um, of him cycling slowly behind um, a Beata Barovska and also Anne-Marie Kelly, uh, both of whom gave evidence uh, to the jury previously. Ms. Kelly described how she noticed a man cycling slowly behind her, that She thought that this man was following her and that when he passed, he turned around and was staring at her uh, for some time in what she described as an intimidating uh, way. So it was put to him um, by Ms. Lawler in her cross-examination today if he was in the habit of following women around Tullamore. And again, he said, it's not like that. He said he has a wife at home and no reason to follow women. He was asked if he stared at Anne-Marie Kelly and he said that he looked at her but he insisted that he was not staring. 
At this point, Ms Lawler then returned to his claim that he lay unconscious in a ditch for some time after trying to help Ashling in the bushes. He wasn't sure, but he figured he was in that ditch from four o'clock until nine o'clock that evening. He was then asked a few questions about the lift he got home from his friend. That's right. Um, Mr. Pakusha said in his evidence to the jury that as they approached uh, Yosef Pushka's home in Mukla, he asked him to drop him off past the house. Um, Yosef Pushka, we heard, lived uh, in a five bedroom house with his wife and kids about eight kilometres from where he is alleged to have murdered Ashley Murphy. And when asked why he had asked his friend to drop him off past his house in Mukla, Mr. Pushka told Ms. Lawler that he was scared and he was worried that the guy who attacked him could be outside his house. What if he knew me? Uh, he said. Ms. Lawler followed that up by asking if he had given his attacker his home address while he was being stabbed. Uh, he said that he hadn't, but that the man had threatened to hurt his wife. So he thought they might, he might know them. Um, he'd often go for walks around Tullamore uh, with his wife. So he said that he had to be careful. He had to be cautious. Uh, Ms. Lawler then suggested that he was fully expecting to see the police outside his house that evening. It could be, he said, because you had left your bike beside her body. Mr. Pushka agreed with Ms. Lawler when she put that to him. He said he then went inside and spoke to his wife who asked him what happened He said he was in shock. He said he never experienced anything like that before in his life. He said he may have said something to his brother, but he didn't remember. And at that point, Ms. Lawler started questioning his memory. Yeah, um, she asked Mr. Pushka if he had memory problems all his life. And he said, I have a feeling that I do have a problem. Very often it happens that I forget things, but I've never spoken to a doctor about it. He was then asked by Ms. Lawler uh, what happened to the clothes he was wearing at the canal and he said that they were burned at home. He was asked if he asked people to burn his clothes. He said yes. And they were burned? Maybe. Yes. Did you make that request on the 13th or the 14th of January? Ms. Lawler asked. And he said it was when I was leaving my home in the middle of the night. The court then broke for lunch and Ms Lawler resumed her cross-examination after the break by asking Mr Pushka again if he was saying he doesn't remember confessing to Ashling's murder. And again, he said that he didn't. He was reminded that he told Detective Fergus Hogan uh, how he killed her. Again, that was um, that was alleged to have said at St James's Hospital in Dublin. Um, he said he heard that in Detective Hogan's evidence but he said he had no memory of it, uh, couldn't confirm if he had in fact said it for sure. At this point, he was asked if he was lying about his memory of events in the hospital. He said that he was telling the truth about what he remembers and that it wasn't his fault and that he can't remember. Ms. Lawler then put it to him that he has no problem with his memory and that he does remember making that confession in the hospital. To that, he replied, I know that I have problems with memory, with remembering certain things. This happens quite often. This is not a lie. I'm telling the truth. Ms. Lawler said, but you are a person who tells lies. He agreed that he had lied to a few investigators, but again insisted he does not remember what was said in the hospital. As she approached the end of her cross-examination, Ms. Lawler then turned her attention back to his claim that he was trying to help Ashling. 
She did. She asked if Ashley was still alive uh, while he was with her. Uh, he said yes, that he was trying to help her, but that he had no medical experience. He was asked if he could tell that she was dying. He said he could. And when Jenna Stack came along, he was asked why he shouted at her to go away instead of asking for help. Firstly, he said that he didn't shout at her to go away, that he was shouting in pain and that in that moment he didn't ask her for help because as soon as he shouted, she ran away. And so he said there was no time for him to say anything. You didn't run after her, he was asked. No, he confirmed. Uh, Ms Lawler asked if he just stayed there and watched Ashling die. He said he left after a few moments. She asked if he waited until she was dead. He said that he didn't. She asked if he stopped helping her before she was dead. He said that when he saw he couldn't help her, he left. And hid in a ditch for four hours, Ms Lawler asked. I didn't hide, he replied. I had no strength or power. I couldn't continue. Ms Lawler then uh, put it to him that he wasn't trying to help Ashling that day. He said he was. She said there was no other man on the canal that day. He said there was. She said, you stabbed her 11 times and sliced her neck with the 12th wound you caused her. No, it wasn't me, he replied. She, in a desperate attempt to save herself, scratched you. No, she didn't hurt me at all. Ms Lawler then pointed to the fact that uh, Yosef Pushka's DNA was found under Ashley Murphy's fingernails uh, when, as she put it to him, she scratched uh, Mr Pushka. And he responded in relation to that, he responded, he said, like I said to you earlier on, I remember that she had gloves. I was there. I was by her. There is a possibility my DNA was there, but I know she had gloves on. It's strange. Ms Lawler then uh, put it to him, finally, that he has lied consistently and that he was lying again in court before the jury today. And to that he replied, I'm saying to you what I remember. That's it for episode 14 of All Rise, the Ashling Murphy murder trial. The jurors will hear from one more defence witness when they return on Monday morning before both sides are given an opportunity to address them for a final time. I'm Frank Graney, Courts Correspondent for News Talk. I'll be in court again on Monday morning for that final witness and for the closing speeches and every day thereafter. You can follow me on X at Frank Graney for updates and make sure you follow this podcast all rise the Ashley Murphy murder trial for an impartial and comprehensive account of what happens in court on any given day. All rise the Ashley Murphy murder trial was hosted by Frank Graney and Ashley Moore with sound design by Lachlan Hart. Follow the podcast on Newstalk.com on the Newstalk app powered by Go Loud or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>